people who accelerate really fast on my team, they have this trade in common. They're not afraid to push this button and just try it and just see what happens. Whereas the people who grow a little slower, they, they always ask like, can I push that button? Or like, how do I figure this out? So just go and like push that button. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Troy Erickson. And we really dig in with email. I know I gave a Marketing Essentials moment last week. But now we've got even more nuggets to give you. And he is the owner of Email Paramedic, the leading email list management agency that has generated over 50 million for their clients since 2019. He improves email copy and deliverability, and he has worked with Traffic and Funnels, The Sales Mentor, Rich Saffron, Rep Sports, V-Shred, Joel Airway, Ezra Firestone, Smart Marketer, to name a few, right? And he is also ranked as the number 20 copywriter in the world by Peter Zemes from Traffic and Funnels. So we are going to cover a lot of the email deliverability secrets and a lot of things that you can do to help you with your email list and getting the right emails to the right people and being able to grow your list. So uh, before we get into the interview with Troy, it is time for our Marketing Essentials Moments, the basics that you need to be able to continue to build your brand and your bottom line. Let's go on this journey and help you through this process. So today's topic, I wanted to dig in more on landing pages. We know that landing pages are sometimes it's, a, it's, a, it's an afterthought. Oh, maybe we should direct traffic to a landing page. But really, if you get smart with having specific landing pages that either have a form fill or some call to action that you're driving traffic to specifically, that is for a very specific audience and you focus all of your efforts on that specific audience and you have the copy that's written. And of course, even using emails to drive traffic to this particular landing page or vanity URL and you have a specific place that people go, you can do all kinds of things. You can have firsthand data by getting a survey to gauge what the individual attitudes are of the people that you send to that page. You can track how they navigate, what they click on, what they don't. What kind of understanding can you gain from your audience by having very specific landing pages for very specific personas of people that you want to continue to engage with and build and of course landing pages can also help you build your email list and we're going to talk about how email is still very relevant and how you can use that to your advantage along with Troy Erickson's interview coming up but just keeping in mind how you can use landing pages in your marketing plan and strategy and the tactics that you want to take to continue to cherry pick those audience members that you really really want to go and personalize that landing page for them so that it's speaking to them directly right so thinking about the type of content how long you want it to be and what kind of submission form you might want to have, or if people are registering to attend something, or if they're going to want to share their email information or contact information through the landing page submission, if that's what you're doing, then you can work to build that, guide that, 
have different iterations, see what works, what doesn't work, what kinds of things uh, are driving the traffic there. If you're utilizing advertising to drive traffic to that specific landing page, maybe you're having different URLs and different landing pages for different types of tactics so you can track every minute of every moment of how you're getting your traffic to that landing page and think about the ways that you're getting those people there. It used to be, oh, we don't know how to track what we're doing in our branding efforts, but now we can get very granular and look at analytics and understand specifically how people are getting there, where they're coming from, what kind of information is working, what messaging is working, what images, what font sizes, all the things that you can use to really unify your operations and getting people there. And then leveraging that information and then using it again and doing each iteration in just slightly changing one thing every time to see what gets better and better and better, whether it's your call to action, where you get people to click on a button, or if you click on a link, or if you say, click here to go here, right? People sometimes are more, more visual than they are if they're going to read text. Or maybe you have a video that's going to drive people to that particular landing page. Maybe in the video, you state, go to this page, click on this link. Or you have subtitles that tell them to do that too, because sometimes we need to produce things audio agnostically, meaning without the ability to hear it, but you can see it. Maybe it's a button on the video itself that's going to drive traffic to that landing page. And of course, always capturing that information as much as you can so that you can use that as follow-up, building a funnel, putting the email sequences together uh, that Troy and his team do so well in helping you convert uh, and being able to get and gain that valuable data and information of your visitors that you have successfully driven traffic to, to that landing page and helping them through that, that buyer's journey that they're going through in order to gain and get and continue to retain that interest that you are providing to them, that value that you're giving them and understanding how that's going to all work and testing and screening and doing those things often and understanding how you're going to use that A-B testing on your landing pages to make that continuously resonate and demand that information that they want to come back for more, right? You can continue to build that and continue to give them more if you can capture their information. So driving that traffic, whether it's to generate revenue or to build awareness or to generate nurture leads, whatever the case might be, whatever your goals are, there are so many things to think about when you create that landing page and what that call to action might be. The, Like I said, the copy, the size, the font, the color, the placement, the, the photography versus illustrations. If you're using photos of people and using photos of people build trust versus having images, right? And how you're going to have long conversions or conversations versus short conversations or conversions, headlines and sublines and breakout boxes. And if you're going to have a phone number to call or uh, an email address to reach out to or form to fill, video versus text, if you've got offers or uh, promo codes or if there's a free trial or whatever it is that you're going to do on that landing page, really think about the tactics and the tools that you can use to make it the most valuable landing page and then replicate it. Do it again for a different audience and do what works for that audience because what works for one audience may not work for another audience depending on who you're targeting and what product or service you sell or what value you bring, right? 
So there's so many different variables to choose in what you're putting together in your landing page that you really can use this as a tool and, and give yourself a time frame, give some goals, um, make it specific, and uh, make it a smarter goal, specific, measurable, attainable, um, relatable or relevant, time-based, ethical, because we always want to have ethics in advertising, and you want to have it recorded. You want to make sure that people all know, that all the people working on your team, or even for yourself, what is it that your goal is? How do you know that you've performed success once you've reached that point? And then continue to document it and do it all over again and make it even better. <laughs> Those tests can really help you with that. So think about landing pages and how you're going to use them to your advantage to help you build your email list, build traffic, and or SMS text messaging, right? You can also ask for people's cell phone numbers. And we know that cell phone uh, text messaging is, is helpful as, as well as other things like WhatsApp. If you're not on WhatsApp, that's another tool that you can use to be able to send messages to people or maybe Snapchat or any of the other platforms that are out there, right? How can you connect with people on a long-term ongoing basis and in multiple ways? So now we're going to talk about email marketing and all the fun that comes with that and how to break through and make sure that you are in people's inbox and not their promotions tab, not their spam tab, but in the inbox. And Troy has some amazing stories to tell. So listen in, here we go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today we have Troy Erickson. Welcome to the show, Troy. Thank you, Ray. I'm happy to be here. And you get to be calling from the wonderful, warm, sunny Florida. Well, almost warm and sunny, you said, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's really, really amazing here. Uh, pretty much all year, except the summer is blazing hot. And then right now it's a little bit cooler. We have a tropical storm rolling through and I kind of enjoy it actually. But uh, for a lot of native Floridians, it's very cold. Right, Floridians. I forgot that that's how you call it, Floridians. <laughs> so Troy, I want to know and I want to share with our audience um, more about you and your background and how you got into email marketing and and coaching and all the things that you do to help all of your clients and the value that you bring. So just walk us through where, where you got started and, and share a little more about you. Oh my gosh. So in 2019, I was what I considered to be a failure. Um, I had just ended a college baseball career on a very bad note. I had something called the yips where, you know, for oh. a baseball player, the number one thing you can do is throw a baseball. And the yips yeah. were a mental thing that prevented me from doing that. So wow. at the time, that was all that I had really cared about. And as you can imagine, my my worth, at least to myself, was extremely low. So, yeah. so at that point, um, fortunately for me, um, several months prior, I had found a Snapchat ad that said, swipe up if you want to make money. I was like, okay. Ooh, we all want to make money. It's true. I've always been a, a hardworking person, especially with baseball, because I just want to be a professional. So I, I kind of found something else to transfer that into. And the guy you know, behind that, his name was Grant Cooper. He had a legitimate agency called Social Vantage, and they were running Facebook ads. And over time, as baseball didn't work out, I was like, you know what? I'm an only child. I kind of like staying home and not necessarily talking to people all the time. So this sounds good to me. <laughs> and I started following his advice in the course and then went on Upwork and I actually closed clients for Facebook ads. 
Um, you know, it took a few to get some good reviews. And then all of a sudden, I messaged this one guy who was working on a project called Burger Box, where you mail burgers to people in the mail. And Gary Vee was behind it. And the oh. Matt Prattis of the Denver Broncos was a sponsor. And it was a big deal. And I was like showing them funnels and ads. And then the whole thing kind of fell apart. Um, oh. And we ended up creating an agency. So one of their investors pulled out, but we were like, you know what? I'm not giving up on this yet. Let's start an agency. So we did that. Started getting some results for clients. And then all of a sudden, some of my clients wanted to fire me. And I was like, oh. okay, second time, kind of weird, because I'm looking at ads manager and it looked fine. So I was right. like, hey, Mr. Client, um, what's wrong here? I don't yeah. see anything. He's like, don't worry about it. We're done. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Tell me what's wrong. And I fandangled out of him that their email list wasn't making any money. And I was like, all right, well, you're one of my two remaining clients right now. Um, I can't lose you. So I'm going to figure out what's wrong and I'm going to work for free until it's right. And even wow. though it's not my fault, like, let me just hop in and do this. So I sign in to Active Campaign, which I had a little bit of experience in from my original client. And mm -hmm. their emails were going to spam. They were only sending like one a week and they were really bad. It was just like, oh no, hey, here's this thing, go buy it. So Ugh. yeah, that's when people say they hate marketing emails, that's what they hate. So <laughs> yeah. over the course of that summer, I took them from 13 grand a month in email revenue to 51 grand a month. And they were like, wow, maybe we should keep you on. <laughs> maybe you should pay us, pay, pay me too. <laughs> yes, yes. I started getting paid more and it was amazing. And I was like, this is cool. Maybe I should do it for my other remaining clients. So I did the same thing. And then I started going to uh, some Facebook groups and some in-person events and kind of attracted more people with email lists, like more serious business owners. And I jumped out of the red ocean of Facebook advertising, or at least at that time, because things are a little different now. But um, and then I went into what I call email list management. So very similar to email marketing, but email mm -hmm. list management is basically write and send a really creative daily email each day, of course, and then also fix sequences and automations like welcome series mm -hmm. or van and cart. And then most importantly, which most people ignore is deliverability. So how do I make sure this is going to end up in your primary inbox and not the promo tab and not the spam folder yep. or the socials or the everywhere else? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that ever since. And instead of making like 32K a year, like I did in 2019 and, you know, 2020, it was multiple six figures and 2021, it was multiple millions. And this year we're oh, still growing, not good. at the same rate, of course, but sure. um, we still do the exact same thing for clients today. And then we also have a certification program for people who want to learn to do what we do. And I just love this business. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's roll back just a little bit. What are some of the things that you did to that initial client that was wanting to fire you, but you said, nope, I'll work for free until I get it right. And until we figure it out. And you went, like you said, from 13 to 51 uh, K a month. And I want to know what are some of the tactics that you took? What did you do? What was it? The email subject line? Was it the length of the copy? I mean, tell me more about how you did that. Yeah. So at first, like I said, I was no expert at that time, but I had a little bit of experience. And to be honest with you, there's a couple of small levers you can pull to make a big difference. So for example, let's say you're sending one time a week and then you move to sending three times a week. 
Well, it's not necessarily going to be a three X in revenue because there's, you know, the law of diminishing returns, but it's going to be somewhere close to three X. Um, so that was the first thing. Second thing is, you know, a lot of people know this, but if your emails are going to spam, what that means is your sending segment is too big and you need to remove some of the people that haven't opened in X number of days. And you can, that can kind of, you know, vary, but typically mm -hmm. 60 to 90 days is the right segment that you should be sending to. So we removed a bunch of those people. And you also want to be running traffic as well. It always helps if your clients are running traffic because that's like fresh blood coming into the list. Um, so when we removed all the non-openers and you bring in fresh people and your open rates are higher because you remove the bad people, then mm. your open rates go back up and then Google starts to trust you again and you get out of spam. So those were the two biggest yeah. levers. But on top of that too, it was like, instead of, hey, here's this thing, we were actually selling franchise opportunities. So they were- oh, um, gotcha driving people to the site, people would sign up and then the companies would send them money back um, for each lead. So we started just talking more about the opportunity and more like what it could mean to somebody's family and right. the aspirations of starting a business and maybe like family expectations and, and things like that. And just really telling success stories rather than just like, hey, here's a new opportunity for you. So it, it changed from just matter of fact to like future pacing, how somebody's life can actually improve and the things they can do if they start a business. So you're really solving some pain points or giving them the ideas of what life could be like if they could envision it and you give them the tools to envision where they need to be and go. And, and it's interesting that you say, you know, instead of sending one email a week that you would send more and, and it used to be that old theories would be that, oh, people will get annoyed and then they'll just block it because it's spam because you're you're sending too frequently. But if you're sending to the right people, then maybe there's something to that, right? Yeah, that's definitely like the, one of the biggest concerns that people share. They're like, if I send more, will people get annoyed? And my first question is like, okay, what are you sending them? So for example, I always give this analogy. Like if you're a, a big basketball fan and I send you seven awesome emails per week about basketball. Why would you unsubscribe? Now, obviously you have to hone in a little more because is this audience somebody who plays basketball or are they just a fan and they watch it on TV? So you have to like, you know, hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. And there will always be some people who unsubscribe and that's okay. That just means that it wasn't the best fit for them. They're not going to buy from you anyway. Because a lot of times, <laughs> I learned this very early on, mm -hmm. on the internet, there's sometimes not so nice people and sometimes those <laughs> yeah. not so nice people reply to my client's emails and say something mean. And the client's like, we have to stop sending. This person's annoyed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, go look at that person's order history. And mm -hmm. I guarantee they've never bought anything from you. And if they have, it was probably two years ago and they're just being a troll. So whenever people say that you're sending too much, it's either not the right content. That, that's the only thing that could really annoy somebody. Or that person was just kind of like, you know, sticking their foot in the door and like, oh, what's in here? And then they see that it's not for them. So they leave. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it, you're only annoying those who are annoying to you in some regard or to your client because they're not buying from you. So why would you want them to continue to subscribe? Yep. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because a lot of people, you know, they look at really big companies and they just try to copy the email marketing. So for example, like if you got emails from a huge company like Walmart, so Walmart, they're on a different playing level, right? Like the CEO doesn't want to put his face on the email because maybe that's going to change one day. 
And like they're trying to build brand equity and all these things that affect their valuation and their stock price. And they're not going to send you like super personal story emails. So a lot of people look at that and they're just starting out and they try to be very corporate and safe. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize like, especially early on, you just have to build a reading relationship with people. And the same reason that I told my story at the beginning of this is because somebody out there, whether it was like, maybe they played baseball at one point, or maybe they played a different sport, or maybe they felt worthless at a time in their life, or maybe they ran Facebook ads, maybe they like emails, maybe they like basketball. It's like right there, there's six things I mentioned that somebody can relate to. And even if it's the smallest thing, and you're talking about it to your email list, there are people that will go, you know what, I like the time that they said that I like this sender, and they start following you. And it's more like, it's more of a personal brand than anything, even if you own an actual brand. Um, so even like online, like e-com stores, I would still say like Ray at company X instead of just company X, because and then I can build a reading relationship with you. And it, it's just so important and people don't understand the power of story. They think it's something that, you know, was from third grade English class and doesn't matter anymore. And I thought that for the longest time too, but now I'm just like, gosh, I love writing and I love stories. I never thought I would say that five years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. I think personalizing your story and, and putting a face to it, a, a name, right. Can absolutely have the factor of building trust and making sure that people want to receive it. So even if they did get it every day, it's not going to be that nuisance that otherwise sometimes I get, I mean, that I have a love hate relationship with email, right? And my, and I've had the same email address for 19 years <laughs> and I get overwhelmed and inundated, but you're right. There are certain emails that I will still continuously look at because it's information or it's value adding to me and I want to know what's going on. And so being in that space and getting people and capturing their attention is, is really vital. Tell me another story because you've now done this since 2019 and you've helped so many people now. Give me another example of something that you've done to help really transform the email marketing. And, and you also mentioned, you know, driving traffic. What does that mean exactly? And how have you done those things for some other clients as well? Yeah. So to be clear, we don't necessarily drive traffic to build the list. That's usually done through advertising. But if somebody has a list and they want to grow mm -hmm. it in a way that's not too costly, one thing that I do myself and one thing that I'll recommend to a lot of people is doing um, an affiliate partnership or a JV. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like have a funnel and a product and, uh, and a whole affiliate program. It could just mean, hey, friend, you're in the same industry as me. Um, would you mind sending an email about me to your list and I'll just pay you like $3 or $5 or $10 or whatever per person who opts in? So for example, with me, I did this recently, uh, faqemail.com is my free opt-in link. So I just had a couple of friends in the industry send it out and my list grew by like three, 4,000 people in literally a matter of days. Um, so that's how I would do the growth. Um, mm -hmm. As far as the, the next question, were you looking for like a story that I've written for a client or, or like how I grew my business or could you clarify a little on that? Yeah, sure. I was just um, wanting to have another story of how you helped a client of yours and then and answer how you helped yourself too. I think that's great. So let's start with the client and some things that you did to help them elevate and get the return that so many people seek and want. Gotcha. Yeah. So as far as a client success story in the B space, 
we were working with a company who's pretty large. Um, they sell like energy drinks and like gym apparel. And we came in and they were sending, they were actually sending a lot of emails. They had a, a lot of automation set up. They just were not sending every single day. So it, it was like anytime somebody took an action on their site or for their um, ambassador program or they bought something, they were getting a lot of emails, but the daily broadcasts were just like once a week. It was a giant picture in the email and it was like, go buy or think. So what I started doing is telling interesting stories that happened in like the office gym or something crazy that happened when they're packing somebody's order or the, how they surprised somebody or a big testimonial they got and they put on their bulletin board in the office. And we started telling more stories like that. So that that covers the daily email part. And like I said, they already pretty much had the automations done. We mm -hmm. just tweaked them a little. But then most importantly, every single one of their emails was going to the promotions tab. And that's not quite as bad as the spam folder, but it's still right. very, very bad. So for example, um, let's say you had a list of like 50,000 people in the spam folder, you'd probably be like mm, seven, 8% promotions tab. You'd be like 13 to 15. And in the primary tab, you're typically like 18 to 22%. So in some cases, yeah. it can literally be double the open rate. So for these guys, it was massive because I had somebody on my team go into every single email in the entire account across all their wow. automations and broadcasts and everything. And we fixed their deliverability and they started making, gosh, I have to look up the exact number again. I think it was it was nearly 200K a month from email. Now, granted, this is a big client. Um, sure, you know, yeah. Not all our clients are that big by any means, but that the the total increase after 60 days working together was over $125,000 per month nice. just from email. So obviously if you're new and you're starting out and you see the big numbers, like don't get deterred. It's just because the client was bigger, but you can still achieve, you know, similar mm -hmm. growth, like percentage wise. So that's mm -hmm. probably my favorite, like personal win that I've had growing clients, but you know, we've got other ones that we get similar wins for all the time, but that, I made a whole presentation. That's amazing. No, I love that. Okay, just without giving away the farm, what do you mean specifically about getting the de deliverability to work better so you're not landing in the promotions tab? Because you're right. I mean, I rarely look at, I definitely don't look at the spam tab and the promotions tabs every once in a great while. And if you're sending an email every day and I'm not looking in the promotions tab every you know day, how did you get it to go to the primary inbox? That's amazing. Yeah. So there's actually a few things. Um, so most people, what they'll try to do is they think that you have to remove a lot of things from the email, like remove pictures and remove like promotional words and phrases. But what it comes down to is really just having the right content. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll actually add content that's not promotional. And then what that does is the algorithm doesn't care like how many promotional words and phrases you have. It cares about the percentage of the email that deems promotional. So if you make the email longer, and you just write it in a way that's not promotional, you will get it to inbox. Now there's a couple other things too. So like changing the alias. So like the thing before the at sign. So my email is Troy at leadparamedic.com. A lot of times if we change Troy to something else, it'll work. And then lastly, if somebody's not authenticated, so this is getting really nitty gritty here, but um, yeah, like DKIM, SPF and DMARC, if you don't have those three things passing with your emails, um, that can also like hurt you. It's kind of like being verified on Instagram, right? Like people will mm -hmm. trust you more if you have the blue check. Well, you know, Google, Yahoo, and Hotmail, they'll trust you more if you're authenticated mm -hmm. when when you're sending. So those are right. a few of the things that we do without really having to edit or remove our clients' existing content. 
Um, and that's kind of our secret sauce, more or less, as far as how to do it. You know, every client is a little bit different, but that's the 30,000 foot view. Mm, that makes sense. Or now if you're on Twitter, you have to pay $8 a month to get your little verification check, right? That's true. <laughs> it used to not be cheap. You'd have to know a guy who knows a guy and then it's very expensive. And now <laughs> it's eight verified. bucks apparently. So I'm going to, uh, yeah. I actually had Twitter blue before that. And I was looking around and how I can, yeah. how I can upgrade to the blue check. And it said, you'll have to wait until your old subscription runs out. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. I just had to throw that in there. Cause you would say, but just like verification, but you're right. I think if people understand that you can get blacklisted, if you are not verified or you're not doing the right things and you're purchasing lists that you're not supposed to be, or sending too many spam emails or, you know, let's talk a little bit about what, what does get you kind of ousted in, into the spam abyss that goes into email that you'll never see again, because, you know, you end up in the wrong places. What are some things that you can do to avoid that? Or what are the things that cause that even? Yeah. The biggest problem that we see in the majority of spam issues is people are just, they fear segmenting because they're like, oh, my list is, you know, 20,000 people, but only 10,000 of them are active. And if I don't send all 20,000, I have a smaller list and I'll make less money. That's that's what gets people tripped up. Mm -hmm. But what they right. don't realize is if the 10,000 inactive are not engaging, they're not going to buy anything from you anyway. And it just turns into like an ego contest about how big your list is. And when in reality, like mine is at the time is 25,000 total, but I've had mm -hmm. it for a few years and the active is 10,000. And it's just like, it doesn't matter to me, like I, as long as it's working. So don't be afraid to kick people off for inactivity. It's totally fine. Right. Um, another thing is kind of like we talked about, if you're sending irrelevant content, right? So mm -hmm. if it's something yeah. where you're just constantly talking about sales and promotions and discounts. Like, why do I want to open your email? And then I'm going to become inactive. And if you don't kick me off, then yep. that's going to create issues. But when you tell really entertaining stories that give an insight into your life and like build a personal brand, it's like, it's no different than somebody following their favorite celebrity or their favorite athlete. It's just on a smaller scale. So um, segmenting and content, and then obviously just keeping an eye um, like mailgenius.com is a good example of a site where you can sign up and they will alert you if you ever have any authentication issues, if you ever get spotted on a blacklist, so you could fix it right away. Um, and that thing doesn't continue to build up, which, you know, if you leave a problem sit for a while without attending to it, that's mm -hmm. when things snowball and problems happen. So those are a few things that I would say that, you know, the majority of people listening can do right away without much hassle. Right, right. Schedule once. Schedule once is basically super powered customer scheduling. You can add booking pages to your website in minutes and let prospects and clients schedule meetings in seconds for a time that works best for them. No more back and forth trying to find a time that works best. So if you are like me, very busy and want to speed up the scheduling process and follow up process, you can send out a link that takes people to your booking page. So go to peppershock.com offers to find out more and get schedule once for you. So let's talk about some of these awesome people that you've worked with before. I mean, you've got a pretty impressive list and I just... I just like your story, how you were, you know, 2019 and you've just grown. And, and so just tell me more about this journey that you're going through and, you know, how did it begin in getting in with, you know, B Shred and 
I mean, Ezra and all these, these things that you've been able to do, tell, tell us kind of what progressed that and, and like, what are you want to see in the next, you know, I don't know, year, two years, where do you want to go from here? So kind of back up and then go forward. How about that? Yeah, totally. So the biggest payoff for me, um, I know it sounds, it's something a lot of other people say too, but like investing in yourself. So when it was uh, like late 2019, I bought a ticket to go to this event called Copy Accelerator by Stefan Georgia and Justin Goff. And I was scared because it was like 3K to show up somewhere. And like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. It's like, if this fails, like, this is not good for me. But realistically, when you go to an event like that, all you have to do is just go talk to other people. You don't even bring up business. Just, hey, how's it going? Where are you from? Oh, that's cool. I've been there. Uh, and then you just bring up things. And eventually they will ask you like, hey, so what do you do? And at that time, I'd be like, yeah, so um, I'm an email list manager. So I basically write emails and I make sure they hit the main inbox and I help you build out your sequences. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, by the way, you know, what's your website? I'll opt in to join your email list and then um, give me your contact info and I'll shoot you some feedback and like a little two minute screen share video. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's cool. So then after the event, I would just hit them up and say like, oh, here's my little two minute feedback video for you. And I'd point out whatever they're doing wrong. And I'd be like, that's great. Can you help me with that? And then at the same time, just like the more you talk to people, the more you build the relationships and somebody has a completely different conversation on the other side of the world. And they're talking about email like, oh, I know a guy. And they'd mm -hmm. pair them up with me. And, um, and just really being in the community really gets you in the eyes and then in the minds of a lot of people. And that was definitely the number one thing I did. And, you know, people mm -hmm. talk about you. It, it's really odd because it's like nothing matters, but everything matters. It's like if you make right. a little mistake, like nobody's going to remember it, but people will think of you if you're constantly active. So like everything you do matters. And, you know, Stefan and Justin have been great and they paired me up with a lot of people. And then the people in the mastermind paired me up with more people. And I reinvested a lot of what I earned back into other masterminds. And then eventually hiring a team. And then eventually, you know, I built up like a following almost of different freelance copywriters who were like, wow, that was fast. I want to do that too. So then we invested to, into building a certification program, which I think is the best in the world when it comes to email marketing and copywriting. So um, we did all those things and we're continuing to grow. And right now we're in the process of um, acquiring a software as well that's going to like be leaps and bounds for us in terms of lead acquisition and getting in front of people. Um, we're also sp uh, spending a lot of money on uh, like video and having a guy mm -hmm. come into our office and just like record content and put it out there. And um, yeah, just a lot of exciting things. I bought copywriting.org recently and I have this really nice. cool project idea that I'm going to pump on there and interview people and just really not being afraid to make mistakes, but like calculated risks, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, right. I love that tactic of being able to tell people what they're doing wrong. I mean, with the risk of insulting people, but at the same time, I mean, it puts you in a, in a leadership position or a thought leader position because you know more than they do. And maybe you are pointing out things that they maybe, maybe they knew they were doing wrong or they didn't know that they were doing wrong, but now you need to fix it for me. You, you pointed it out. Now I need your help to fix it. So that's a really uh, smart tactic to take. And then being able to create work for yourself and being the master of your own domain, if you will, you know, 
that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of understanding that you know, there's like, I, I did the math on this once when I was writing a sales letter for myself. And it said there's like 30 something million small businesses in the US alone. Two thirds of them use email in some capacity. So there's like 20 something million potential clients out there. Never going to get in contact with all of them. Some of them already have somebody doing their marketing, whatever. But mm -hmm. if one person doesn't want to hire me, like there's 20 million more, I'm good. And yeah. <laughs> if they got offended by me giving them advice, I wouldn't want to close them because that's the same person who, when I'm right. typing an email for them, they're going to nitpick it. And mm -hmm. the best clients that I like to work with are people who have a great business. They just know they're underutilizing email and they're like listing. They're like, oh gosh, like I, I haven't mm -hmm. touched my list in so long. I know that I, I messed up. And I'm like, all right, don't worry. I'll come in. I'll fix it for you. And then these people, mm -hmm. they, they've been there and they understand they have to invest and they are just, you know, willing to try new things rather than trying to nitpick every word. Right, right. So, Troy, tell me some of the the tools or the platforms or technologies. You, you had mentioned ActiveCampaign, but I mean, there's so many things out there. But what are some of your favorite that you love to use that you like to tell people about using and encourage them to use? Yeah, so I really like Active Campaign as far as ESPs go. So that's where you send your emails from. Um, if so, for the business owners out there, if you're getting an email, definitely use that. Um, MailGenius.com is a really cool tool to use as well. That kind of gives you a heads up on how your deliverability is doing. Um, the Hemingway app is cool. It helps you write in a way that's more like a, a third grade level. That's not saying that people are only as smart as third graders. It just means that the more advanced the words are, the harder it is, like the harder your brain has to work to break them down. And, you know, throughout the day you get more tired and then you could stop reading. Um, so little things like that, that. Hemingway, they call it the Hemingway app <laughs> as an Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> yeah. Like all kinds of little things like that, but ultimately it's just getting started. I mean, my tools that I use on a daily basis would be like loom. So like I mentioned with mm -hmm. the screen chairs and like uh, Google Sheets for my team to keep them organized mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. just really simple. And I like pen and paper and whiteboards and, and just writing down my ideas and executing and trying not to buy too many softwares, just the ones that really yeah. make an impact and, you know, maybe have one to three focuses at once and then everything else is, is written down and mm -hmm. there's a time when it'll come. And slowly I've been able to go into that bin and start working on those projects now that nice. I have the capacity to do so. Yeah, we use uh, Asana a lot to kind of keep all of our tasks straight with the team. And and then, yeah, it, uh, people are like, when are you using Slack? I'm like, I don't need one more channel. Don't need one more. I mean, it's just another thing, right? I think we counted 21 different ways to communicate with me through DMs or email or text messaging or WhatsApp. I'm like, just simplify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a Slack fan. And I recently deleted a lot of apps from my phone, actually. So it's like, there's only like four apps that will show up and some of them are like when you press on it and there's more apps inside but I like mm -hmm. made that like on a screen where I can't even see it so it just the focus is so important if anybody wants a tool mm -hmm. it's focus and focus is free there you go okay that's that's good to know <laughs> yeah I I definitely can get overwhelmed with all of the tools that are out there now all the AI tools artificial intelligence tools that people can use now too it's just a there's there's just so many things to to consider but uh keep it simple stupid that's what they say right kiss <laughs> keep it simple silly i should say <laughs> i don't like the word stupid right that's not nice but 
Keep it simple, silly. I like that. <laughs> um, okay, so any last words of advice or just things that you come across that our listeners could really gain value from um, from you? I mean, you've already dropped so many wonderful nuggets, but anything else that you'd like to share that uh, we haven't covered just yet? Yeah, I would say just in general, um, I, I'm a fan of this guy named Bruce Dickinson. He is the singer for a band called Iron Maiden. He put out this book called, What Does This Button Do? And <laughs> that's just like my theory on everything. Like so many people, and I tell my team this, and the people who accelerate really fast on my team, they have this trade in common. They're not afraid to push this button and just try it and just see what happens. Whereas the people who grow a little slower, they they always ask like, can I push that button? Or like, how do I figure this out? So just go and like push that button and just do mm -hmm. it and see what happens. If you mess up, I promise you will be okay. So um, that's one thing I'd say, but uh, email is a great thing. If you want to use it for your business or get into it as a service, it will always be here. People mm -hmm. say it's dying, but it's still the number one thing that people use every single day. And you can really communicate with people on a new level. And almost every audience you can imagine will read your stories because it's not mm -hmm. so much about the medium. It's about what you're saying. And yeah, it's something that can't be taken away either. It can't be filtered. It can't, you know, your account can't get magically ghost banned overnight and all that stuff. So um, yeah, a couple of things there. Good. Good. Now, if I can just get 19 years worth of email to like, <laughs> if I could just focus that and not have so many come to me, but you're right. You have to break through the clutter and disrupt what people are typically getting and, and not to go to the, the spam or the social or the promo, but into the primary box. That's great advice. And I learned a few things. So thank you for that as well. And uh, go ahead and let our audience know how they can reach out to you or communicate with you if you have something for them to do. Yeah. So if you're a business owner and you literally just want to like learn more about what I'm talking about, tips and tricks, maybe uh, communicate with me. Like I still write all my own personal emails, of course. So it's faqemail.com. Basically, I took all the frequently asked questions that people ask me about email and I put them into one document so you can just have it. Um, and you end okay. up on my email list so you can read my stories. Very good. Nice. Secondly, yeah. um, if you're a freelancer and you're like, how do I make money typing emails and sending them for clients? Very conveniently, I have a link called makemoneytypingemails.com so you can learn exactly <laughs> right. what I do. Makemoneytypingemails.com. All right. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And then people can reach out to you on what platforms? As far as social what's media, I mean, I still love email. <laughs> email, of course, email. Of course but um, <laughs> Facebook personal, just like or regular old Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm most active. Um, mm -hmm. These days, I've put a little more into Instagram and Honestly, I'm probably on every network, but Facebook would be best if you, you know, want to personally yeah. get in touch with me. Okay. Are you on TikTok, Snapchat too? <laughs> I am. I had a video get like 120,000 views the other day. I was pretty pumped. Nice. That is awesome. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Troy, thank you so much for giving us all of your nuggets. And I'm sure people will want to reach out to you to have your help with getting their emails up and running and or getting certified, right? They can become certifiable. A hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Right? I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for those of you who are listening, the best thing that you can do for both Troy and I is to share this with others that you know, that need to hear what he had to say today. 
And of course, give us those reviews and rankings and ratings and all the things that help uh, get more people listening to this wonderful podcast and getting to hear guests just like Troy. So um, you can also visit themarketingexpedition.com to listen to other episodes. And of course, share this out with everyone. (laughs) Right, Troy? That's right. I would appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that this message will get out in an email for for you for soon. Oh, 100%. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, I will totally be sharing this. That's for sure. Good. (laughs) I would expect so. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.